Last week, I did an episode entitled, actually, I don't know what it was titled, but the question was, what if the U.S. decided to ban the holding of Bitcoin? Could that happen? Why would it happen? How would it happen? And I'm still on this line of thought. In the Bitcoin Standard, which is a book I've referenced in many past episodes, there's a section entitled How to Kill Bitcoin. And it discusses a few ways that people, governments, other entities could work to kill or destroy or defraud or, excuse me, fraud Bitcoin. And so it's important to say at the outset that it's very unlikely that a miner or a node or someone else who holds Bitcoin would ever want to defraud the network because that would be bad for them. Everyone who holds Bitcoin wants Bitcoin to succeed and wants its value to increase over time. And so the only actors that would really want to see Bitcoin go down or fail would be states like the US, Russia, China, and India. Because again, if Bitcoin were to succeed, it could spell the end of fiat money as international settlement. In the very, very long term, it could spell the end of nation states altogether. And China, Russia, and the US are not going to take to that lightly. And so I talked about them banning the holding of Bitcoin, something that I still think could potentially happen. But there are some other routes that the author mentioned in his book. The first is a double spend 51% attack. And in all honesty, I'm still trying to understand this in my own brain. The way I understand it now, there are nodes that have the Bitcoin blockchain downloaded that run the Bitcoin software. When transactions happen, the nodes all tell each other and that information gets passed up to the miners who are using lots of mining equipment and processing power to solve proof of work problems, basically mathematical puzzles, faster than any other miner in order to be able to validate a new transaction and add it to the blockchain. And in so doing, they get Bitcoin and they also get a transaction fee if they're the first to solve it. And so a double spend 51% attack would be if an entity or a group colluded enough processing power to be worth 51% of all the processing power that is currently mining Bitcoins. If they were able to create 51% of that processing power, they could solve proof of work puzzles faster than any other particular miner in the 49% group. And then they could send Bitcoin on one blockchain, but then send that same Bitcoin to an address that they own on another fraudulent blockchain and use their mining power to make that fraudulent chain longer. And in so doing, if they were to do this enough times, they could defraud the whole system. They could make it such that it's unclear how much Bitcoin anyone has. They could make the system less safe. They could decrease confidence in Bitcoin as a network and a store of value and basically lose it of all its value or rid it of all of its value. Now, like I said, a China or a Russia or a US would be interested in doing this in order to preserve the relevance of the US dollar and the yuan and other fiat currencies. It's unlikely that this could ever happen though because when you think about all of the miners that currently bind the Bitcoin network, 
they're distributed geographically all across the world. And to actually amass 51% of processing power is not something that any state entity would necessarily be able to hide. There are only a few manufacturers of mining equipment. And if somehow all of that new equipment was being bought by some entity or lots of it was being bought all of a sudden, alarm bells would be raised. The price of that mining equipment would go up. And it might be really, really easy to tell that someone is trying to engage in a 51% attack. I think a much more likely hack of Bitcoin would actually be a hack on the mining equipment that is already in production. So if you had mining equipment that was either taken over remotely or made unusable remotely, then a Russia or a China or the US would not necessarily need to amass all that much extra processing power if they could just take away some processing power and gain control of other processing power. And this could happen given that mining equipment as of today is created by a few manufacturers. This would actually be very similar to what Russia did to the US in March, and I think it's March and February of this year, where they used a software company that created software for Microsoft and other US government entities. And instead of hacking those entities directly, they went through the software. You could see a state actor go through the manufacturer and the mining equipment that they create in order to gain access and control of all of the mining equipment that is owned by miners who are operating to validate transactions on the network. This is also quite unlikely. The author of the book says that this is still a relevant hole in Bitcoin's network, but that over time, if more manufacturers create mining equipment, which could happen if the price does rise over time, then this security hole would close up pretty quickly. Two other ones that are relevant are if the hashing function, so the way that encryption is done on the Bitcoin network is that miners are solving these proof of work problems and once they've solved one and they're ready to validate a transaction, they have to hash it. If you were able to create some type of function that could reverse that hash, a lot of Bitcoin could be stolen from the addresses that claim to own it and then that would defraud the entire network. And so you could see a situation where that happens, but in reaction to that, what would probably happen is that the Bitcoin blockchain would fork and there would have to be a new hashing algorithm and hopefully all the nodes could agree on what the best hashing algorithm would be. And then the last one that is relevant is just the increased block size. One thing that nodes do that is very important is that they are confirming all of these transactions that are being validated by the miners. And if you have less nodes and some of those nodes collude to be 51% of nodes, they could confirm invalid transactions because they want to defraud the network. And that could happen because over time, the cost of running a node could increase. One, because the blockchain is getting longer, but more specifically because block sizes may increase. Now, this has never happened some people have been trying to make it happen and it's never happened quite yet just because it's really hard to get all of the nodes to have consensus on anything. And honestly, the fact that it hasn't happened yet is a good indicator that the block size will never be increased, but we'll see.
if the block size does get increased and it becomes more expensive to run a node, then less people can run nodes and they can more easily collude. And then the author of the book, his opinion is that actually the best way to kill Bitcoin would be to create something better than Bitcoin. And he says in the book that he doesn't actually think this would happen because it's not in the best interest of state governments necessarily. But if they were to return to something like an international gold standard, that would be hard enough money and it would solve a lot of the problems of foreign exchange and inflation. But governments would never do that because it wouldn't be good for them. They couldn't just finance whatever they wanted to do by printing more money because the money would be hard and they would have to keep a balanced budget and governments, at least the U.S., has no interest in doing that. So to summarize this podcast, I think the chances that a China or Russia or the U.S. will do something to attack the Bitcoin network is very high, in my opinion. I definitely think that World War III will be fought over the blockchain, whether that be, excuse me, not over the blockchain, over Bitcoin. World War III will be fought over Bitcoin, either because some country decided to move to Bitcoin instead of the US dollar or the yuan as its reserve currency, and it gets invaded by a US or Russia or China, or potentially the US, Russia or China just decide to attack the Bitcoin network itself through any of these methods. I don't know. But what is very, very clear to me is this. The success, the success, <laughs> the success of Bitcoin in the long term means the dissolution of nation states or let's say the power of nation states. And that's not something that the nation states are going to take lightly. They are going to use every resource at their disposal to do something about that. And I have no idea how it's going to play out.